You all right there? Good. Right. Hello, guys. Uh, welcome to episode five of the TaylorMade podcast. And today we're talking about uh, two different topics. So again, we're going to have two different sections. Section number one, the strength and conditioning and exercise section. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about uh, mental health and how exercise uh, can have a huge impact on mental health. Uh, before we get into this, uh, we want to start by saying we are no experts in mental health. I think we're quite fortunate uh, in that regard that we never went through any mental health issues or anything like that. Sure. I think that would be fair to say. Uh, but with that being said, uh, we're going to utilise some of the research here. Paul did a lot of work uh, during the week. Uh, over the last couple of weeks on mental health and the effects of exercise on mental health. So we're going to be discussing some of this research and how it relates to us. Um, other than that then guys, section number two, we're in the business related section and we're going to have a, a run through uh, the difference between a sole trader business and an actual business or company and how to... Actual business. An actual business, we'll get into that later on. And how to actually transition uh, from a sole trader business um, to a business owner or an actual business, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, um, just to throw in there as well, guys, we're going to post this up on YouTube, uh, Spotify, a couple of different podcast platforms. Um, so let us know, actually, which, which platform you prefer to um, actually yeah. listen to these. I actually talk people listen to it on Spotify, but a lot of our members are telling us that they actually like to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. So just let us know. I found the same, yeah. Uh, before I start, I just want to say I'm quite uncomfortable today. Two minutes ago, Fjord decided that we'd, we'd swap places. I, I always sit there on the right and sit on the left. Out angle um, I, I don't know why. This, this is just like weird. Anyways, we'll belt on. Um, so, just some opening stats, guys. Um, according to the World Health Organization, depression is a common mental disorder globally. More than 300 million people of all ages suffer from depression. It's a leading cause of disability worldwide. Uh, for some reason, more women are affected by depression than men. Uh, and according to the Central Statistics Office, 8% of the Irish population over 15 years of age reported to suffer from at least moderate levels of depression. The rate was actually highest in the 15 to 24 year age group. That's scary, isn't um, it? That is really scary. And obviously, no way somebody like 15 to 24 should be depressed. No, you wouldn't think it. Um, why uh, we don't we don't I suppose we're not experts on that, um, so we, we won't really get into that. Um, but even I, I wonder, it's interesting that women are actually affected by depression more than men. Yeah, um, that's a that's but, a surprising yeah, one. That is a dis surprising one. But uh, it's definitely something that is massive. Like every everybody seems to be talking about depression, and mm. that seems to be a big thing. So half the reason why we decided to discuss it on yeah, and we know, like we've we've seen, um, you know, in here in the gym. Some people that maybe might have told us at the start um, that they might suffer from depression mm. or something to a mental health, and they found such a big difference. Um, you know, just just getting a, an exercise strategy, performing their exercise, I found a huge difference in the, in themselves. You know, and that's people that suffer yeah. from depression, and even just people in general. Um, exercise definitely has a huge impact on our mood and our happiness and sure. all these things. And we'll get into some of that. Yeah, um, just a little note here: anxiety actually. So there's a lot of talk about mental health, so that you've obviously depression and anxiety. Um, from my knowledge, depression is more, or like anxiety is more like the fear of doing something in the future, whereas depress depression is a little bit different. Mm. Uh, so just on this, in one study, researchers found that those who got regular vigorous exercise were 25% less likely to develop depression and, or anxiety. 
in the next five years. That's very interesting. That's 25%. Um, that's actually, I, I'm actually surprised by those stats yeah. as well. Um, well, and even just, just on that anxiety, you'd often, um, we'd often see it here in the gym, people can be a little bit anxious coming in at first, uh, getting into yeah. an exercise. You I know, think that's kind of normal though. Like, what, oh, that is normal. Like, there's probably a big difference between true anxiety and like the butterflies you feel doing something new. Like, mm. I would imagine, like I've never suffered from anxiety, thankfully. I don't think you have either, have you? No. But uh, like I'd imagine there's probably a big difference between like true anxiety mm. and having it, you know. So geez, if you do suffer from anxiety, coming into a gym situation, it's probably quite a hard thing to do. But yeah. Just off of that little stat, like if you do get into exercise, obviously the research is behind it that there's definitely, definitely an improvement. Yeah, I think in your mental health. Just, just, sure. just on that, um, just you know, if, if if you're somebody that suffers from anxiety and you want to get started an exercise routine, you're not sure how to go about it. Um, if you're a little bit anxious about uh, going to the gym, uh, my my suggestion, this may work for you, may not would be to try and organise a chat with maybe one of the coaches. So we try and do this. Maybe on a one-to-one, one, yeah. Yeah, one-to-one one chat with a coach um, before getting started with the training. Just to get familiar with the surroundings, get familiar with the coach uh, before coming into the gym when there's you know, other people there. Actually, you have it here. Um, the reason behind that, exercise releases endorphins, causing your mood to lift and relieving anxiety for hours at a time. I can actually get because like some days when you're not feeling too good and you yeah. do work out or you do Could train, you feel great. Like and I don't want suffer yeah, from mental health at all, but definitely when you do train, you definitely feel better. Yeah, yeah. So for sure, the yeah. endorphins. Um, just for for the listeners there, it's it's, it's basically the hormone, the, the pleasure hormone. Right? Why yeah. you saying that? It's the, it, it allows us to feel a lot happier when we release um, this type of hormone. And you also have here, it can also lead to a long-term changes. Uh, exercise can bring about a greater sense of self-esteem and confidence. Well, without that's doubt, a huge thing. So, um, yeah. I, I think now um, I, I have no research to back this up, but I think a lot of that, like if, if you're on an exercise uh, plan and your coach has it designed in such a way that you can actually see the progression, so whatever it is, it might be running a little bit faster, it might be lifting a little bit of a heavier weight, it might be just lifting with better technique, activating the right muscle group. I think when you see progress, mm. um, I think, like, and I don't know for myself, but also on that, I think. When you do anything positive, like for yourself, mm. it's gonna give you, you, it's gonna give you a feeling of better. Like even aside from exercise, like if you progress in anything, you're gonna feel mm. a little bit better about yourself, aren't you? Because you've taken action to progress. Oh, absolutely. So like, absolutely. you know, if you get in a workout that you don't really, you know, feel it's something that's gonna benefit you. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, for sure. It's quite, quite interesting now. Mm. Um, um, this, this is an interesting one. Oh, sorry. No, 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 go on. Uh, Exercise, or sorry, yeah, exercise helps prevent cognitive decline. Um, as we age, our brains naturally start to lose brain cells, and over time, those with lower fitness levels have been shown to have more deterioration of the white matter in their brains than those with more fitness. Uh, the study that Paul was researching found that those with healthier white matter fibers were better at critical thinking and problem solving. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, like if even from like an anecdotal point of view, like you see, like loads of people. Well, not loads, but you see people who are into exercise for their entire life. Mm. Like they definitely look better and function better than somebody who like doesn't exercise at all and just, I suppose, the words deteriorate, mm. isn't it? I guess so. I, and I think, like, even when I relate to the going back to college, uh, even when I, you know, for myself, when I was doing exams and. When I had a lot of study on, I always actually found, I, I'd see a lot of people would stop exercising during that time, and 
I, I would have always liked to actually have kept the exercise up, even more so, uh, because I actually found it just gave me more energy to study, uh, to perform the exams. Actually, just um, in here, talking to people who maybe have, have been physio clients of mine, maybe you know, 50s, 60s, 70s and above, when they actually do start to exercise, energy increases, they feel better, and like they're less stiff and sore, so like this huge hurry. Oh, 100%. And, and I'm sure like, um, there's probably a lot, uh, you know, for people, I know we're going a little bit off topic, uh, but for people that tend to be, you know, if, if, if they're obese um, or overweight, which as we discussed in previous podcasts is a huge issue as well, stuff like that can't be good for self-confidence. Mm. Um, as, as well as that, if, if we're a lot heavier, uh, we're going to struggle a lot more with our energy levels. If we have a good exercise strategy, it can help obviously prevent... Do you notice rise like now in depression and stuff? Yeah. Do you think that's, like, do you think it's always been, do you, like, do you think as many people have suffered from mental health previously as they do now, or do you think now people are just talking about it a bit more? Because it seems to be much more prevalent than it was 10 years ago. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Um, just, a, just yeah, a, I, I don't really know, because I suppose I'm quite young, I'm a bit younger than you, Fionn, so I haven't, uh, been, around I for, I haven't been around for that long. Um, what do you think, though, Fionn? Um, I don't know, it's... I don't know, has it got to do with more layers? I'm not too sure, like, um, maybe, like, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, especially with the younger generation, maybe 15 to 24 year olds, there's a lot of people and mention of social media being a big cause of why mm. younger people are suffering with depression or anxiety. Maybe they're, you know, looking at an idealistic person on Instagram who just shows highlights of their yeah. life and they're not relating, so they obviously feel, feel worse about their, their situation. Uh, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, I don't know, maybe people are just talking about it a bit more so. Mm. I think that's, that's a good point actually on um, a perception of this ideal body on Instagram and on Facebook because a lot of people, you know, having, would you call it a body disorder? That's not the correct term. But you, you get what I mean. People that see this really ideal body on actually, Instagram and they want... I spoke to somebody yesterday about Kylie Jenner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And... Um, they were actually showing me pictures of Kylie Jenner's Instagram, okay. and they were saying she's perfect. And then I, was, I actually did a little bit on it, and it turns out that like she's only 20 or 21, but she's had more plastic surgery yeah. and reconstructions. Yeah. Like, she doesn't actually look anything like she did without all this stuff. No, I don't think so. anybody does. Like This is what, the point is, this is what I was trying to uh, get across in a roundabout way. But we see these like six-pack abs and all this crack on, on Instagram. But we forget that these people, you know, they set up lighting, tan, all this stuff to make them look way, way better. Yeah. Uh, and they might have dieted down and they might have only been looking that good for a short period of time, which is usually the case. Whereas if you see them throughout the year, they don't look like that. And I, I actually think that, that that's actually a problem. So you um, think that, that, that these, this kind of perception is setting the standard yeah. beyond um, what's capable to live like all day. Beyond that's capable to have every single day of your life. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, uh, take, take bodybuilders for an example. Um, like, bodybuilders, when you see them on the stage, they're, you know, they're ripped, they're really muscly, they're really lean. But they don't have, their body fat percentage isn't that low throughout most of the year. Oh, no, it's sure. only for a brief period of time. Yeah. They don't always have all that tan and all that stuff <laughs> on the meter. Not but no, seriously, like, not really, but like, look, if you're into tan, grand, but I'm just trying to make the point here, that we see all these, you know, bodies on, on YouTube, and, and people try and, you know, they try and achieve that, and think that they can achieve that, yeah. and then I think they get frustrated, 
uh, when they're not seeing results that are similar to what they see yeah. on Instagram yeah. or these other places. No, that's definitely, I definitely think social media and like society standards have mm. definitely a crossover to the amount of yeah. depression and anxiety that are there because people are looking at highlight reels of people's lives and because their life doesn't resonate they feel inferior they feel worse about the current situation that's definitely you, you actually see a lot of the teenagers in here that are on instagram they'd be showing these pictures and saying how do i get like that how do i get a body as skinny as that how do i get a sick we had a conversation today in the gym uh you know about getting a six-pack all this type of thing like um like you know i i, I don't think and we are in an area yeah. of instant results too aren't we so like yeah. we all want you know you, you flick the switch now, the light comes on, you flick the switch, the kettle comes on, you know, you want something instantly, it's on Google. I think people are almost like that with their body image too, that they, they, they especially some of the newer people into fitness, they think like, can I get to that in three months? Whereas, yeah, it is realistic to look like that, but it's going to take like five, eight, ten years mm. of training and discipline. Like, it doesn't happen. And then I think, you know, people expect it to happen faster yeah. than it does. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just actually another thing, like so that's kind of the one side of the the depression and anxiety side. Like it's the other side of it. Then you know, for why maybe there's a rise. Like we don't know. We'd be happy to or happy to hear your thoughts. Some like comment uh, below or whatnot. But um, like we know obesity is on the rise. Yeah. Uh, we know like ill health is on the rise. So maybe there's a crossover there. Like if you're, you know, if you're overweight and not in the best health. Like obviously you're not going to be feeling too good, uh, so maybe there's a crossover there too. So I'm not too sure. Like, is there a correlation between obesity and mental health? I don't know. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Does mental health affect your likelihood of becoming obese, oh. or does obesity affect your likelihood of mental health issues? Now, there's an interesting question. I. What is the right answer to that? Um, I don't know. I don't well, definitely. I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? This is, my own, this is my own opinion, but like, if you're like fair, uh, quite a lot overweight, right, and you're start, you're in your maybe late 30s, 40s, 50s, and your health is starting to decline because of a result of your lifestyle, I genuinely don't think that you can be very, very happy. So I think there is an element where you could go and start to get a little bit, you know, your mood starts to fade, and maybe you even end up on the depression spectrum mm. um, for sure that's a very good point um, and it also correlates well with what we try to do here um, you know exercise can have a huge impact on we know we won't get into it today but we know that exercise can have a huge impact mm. um, you know on obesity a huge impact on you know yeah. even the nutritional strategies that we follow on all these things so definitely I think Either way, including exercise into our oh, lives is absolutely vital. Even from an anecdote, like when I don't exercise for three or four or five days, it doesn't happen that often, but I definitely, definitely, definitely feel worse about myself. Yeah. 100%. Right. And then when I actually exercise and do the right thing, I don't know if it's self-confidence or what, but I definitely feel better about myself and my mood increases. Yeah. Well, we sure. definitely know, um, one thing we can confidently say here, is we know exercise can have a huge impact on obesity and a huge impact, a positive impact on our mental health as well. Um, I know it can be it can be difficult because I know some people that have suffered from mental health issues. Same. And I know it can be extremely difficult uh, to get out there and and you know go and do exercise um, because of depression or whatever it is. Uh, but I think you know if possible, 
if you're able to take the responsibility and actually go and do that exercise, I think you'll only feel good first. Yeah. If, if you're able to do it, uh, you know, take that responsibility and really go for it. And I know that can be difficult to do, and I don't, you know, I really don't really understand um, the situation because I've never gone through it. Uh, but I definitely know if you can get exercise at all, it will definitely have a positive impact mm -hmm. uh, on your mental health. Well, just actually back that up because I do actually agree with it because we've had loads of members and have members we had, yeah. who have had confidential conversations with us who have had massive mental yeah, health, loads. Um, mental health, whether it's anxiety or depression. And although it was a massive step and they probably thought about it for months before starting any sort of a journey, they've all said, like, definitely when they do the things every day, they actually start to feel better about themselves. Yeah, for sure. But it can be hard to take that of step. Of course, it can be very hard to take Especially if you're stuck in a yeah, row. Yeah. I think once the step is taken, um, you know, it's a step that you're never going to regret. Oh, 100%. Um, just you know, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, so I think that's... Do you want to end there? You want no. Um, probably just to wrap up that, like I'm sure it is very, very difficult for people who are suffering with mental health. Mm. Um, but just from the research, and the anecdotal evidence that we've seen taking a step towards, you know, getting a little bit healthier, getting a little bit more exercise, it, it's proven to work. Um, so just from us, if, if you are somebody that is like that, we're, you know, very open and we have done in the past, having a, you know, if you're maybe, don't want to come into a big group setting straight off the bat, we're open to having a one-to-one -one conversation with you and, and, you know, helping you on your journey for sure. Yeah. And just on some, you know, general, take-home exercise recommendations uh, there for you. Uh, the research isn't clear as to how much uh, exercise you should do um, in these situations, whether it's depression or anxiety um, that, that you suffer from. Um, I think it would be case dependent. Um, but what I would usually tell people in the gym to start off with in terms of exercise is pick something that you can consistently do over time. Or if that's one, two, three, four, five times a week, whatever it is, Pick a, a number of times that you can consistently exercise and realistically uh, exercise per week. And I think that's, that's, that's a, a, really good, a really good starting point. Uh, there's no point to doing 10 exercise sessions a week mm. and then dropping off. Yeah. You're definitely better off like, just no. exercising twice a week but doing it forever yeah. than you are exercising 10 times a week, like Gavin said, for two weeks and then doing nothing for six months. Yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So I think that kind of... Um, that wraps up our strength and conditioning exercise session uh, section for today. Uh, Fionn, do you want to maybe introduce our next topic? We'll get into the business side of things now. Yeah, so what we're going to chat about now is um, the difference between a sole trader and a business and how to maybe transfer from a sole trader into actually building a big business. So um, that's our business section. Cool. So just for the guys there, uh, Fionn, what is a sole trader? So I used to think about business a little bit different to the way I do now. Mm -hmm. So I would see a sole trader as somebody who's self-employed. So maybe a one-person business. So let's say a block layer, a mechanic, an electrician, a physio, a personal trainer who's just mm -hmm. doing you know one-to-one -one sessions or they are the business, they don't have any employees. Um, they're basically a sole trader or self-employed. And a lot of people call that, and I used to call that a business. So when I was a, a self-employed physio, I used to say, you know, I have a business, whereas now I actually didn't have a business, I owned a job. And to me now, a business is something where you can grow exponentially and use other people's time and talents to leverage uh, your own time. So that, you know, as a sole trader, as a physio anyway, if I was to break my hand, it's game over. Whereas now, and we'll chat about it in a minute, like 
building an actual business, if I break my hand now, the show still goes on. So Great. that's kind of my difference between a sole trader and an actual business. Yeah, fairly good. Um, kind of run through that. Yeah, uh, so comparison of uh, running a sole trader to a business, um, you kind of covered that point there. Yeah. But which would you, which would you prefer? And so like, why? I think, I, I think a good way to dip your toe in business is to start part-time. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do have a full-time job and you, uh, let's say you have a goal of becoming a PT or owning a gym, you know, maybe doing a few PT or physio hours outside of your current job, just to build up the skills. Um, but just remember, like, as a sole trader, it's not a very safe place to be. You know, you're very, very susceptible to anything really. Like, if you get sick, it's all yeah. over. Yeah. Um, whereas, if you actually spend the time and you know, learn and go to events and read books and, and learn how to actually build a system. Um, you can have, you know, you can earn way more money, first of all. We, we all like earning income. And you can have much more freedom in terms of, you know, time. And also, it's definitely safer if it's done correctly. Yeah. Would you agree or what? Um, yeah, I, I'd 100% agree there. Um, like Fionn and I, I think I covered this in previous podcasts, but I would have started off as a sole trader as well. I would have started off as a personal trainer and obviously transitioned into a business owner myself filming one day, Jim here and telling me health and fitness. Um, but I do think um, it's quite hard to jump straight in and open a business. There are a lot of skills to be learned. And I actually think, I'd argue that you could probably learn some of these skills as a sole trader. And I think it's easier to it's, it's easier to break into being a sole trader than a business owner. It's, it's, it's definitely less scary. Well, I read a stat last, or actually during the week, 96% of all businesses fail after five years. Yeah. So the, stat, the odds are definitely stacked against you. And I think the difference between that comes down to the owners. That includes sole traders. Well, see, that depends if you yeah. put a business under a sole but trader. But in, in terms I of think that, it stat, does, that stat does. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, um, so, yeah, like people see that and they get terrified. Yeah, I think. I think um, yeah, definitely. Like becoming a sole trader before a business owner, um, the one advantage of it, you you tend to learn skills. You, you learn you're fully responsible because if if you don't take action and you know for your business, whether if you're a sole trader or a business owner, um, it's it's going to go to shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. Do you know what I actually think the main difference in mindset is between sole traders and big business owners, mm. or people who are, because we don't even have a big business. You know, no. We've only got five employees, yeah. plus us. So we're still quite a small company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, and I actually spoke about this this morning to a guy. Um, you know people who are always looking to do everything themselves. Mm. So they won't actually allow somebody to do a job because they feel that they can do it better and they probably can. Mm. So they actually end up doing all the work. Yeah, like we all know, like we all know people even close to us who are maybe working in construction or working in farming, where maybe this old stock mentality, whereas uh, you know I do it myself kind of thing. Sure. You know, whereas the way I see it and the way Gavin sees it as well is, I would actually rather, um, like if, if I'm coaching somebody here or coaching a session, right, and I bring in a new coach who probably in the beginning it's fair to say I would do a better job than him, but I would actually rather bring this new guy in, let him make the mistakes and let him not do it as well as I would do it, but mentor him so that eventually this guy is as good or if not better than me, so now I'm free. 
Whereas I think most small-minded, I know that sounds harsh, but it's small-minded sole traders who you know try to do everything themselves. They actually get stuck in a rut because you know they can never evolve or their business can never evolve because they're just left doing the work all the time. And I think because uh, you know that high work, high work rate, um, you know, working yeah, hard there's a lot of hard. there's a lot of hard work as a sole trader in most professions. Perhaps that's why the stack is so high and stacked against businesses because it's very hard to sustain um, that pace of work uh, throughout your life. You know, it really is like if you're the only person in that business and you have to do everything. And now I think it's good at the start because you know you, you have to learn. Yeah, you learn a lot. Um, like even basic accounting skills, uh, keeping track of books. You know, knowing whether if you're making money or losing money. Uh, this all, all sounds really basic, uh, but this basic information you've been able to do it extremely well is so important for for any business owner. Yeah. Um, so I, de I definitely think you know, definitely starting off as a sole trader can be advantageous uh, to be becoming a business owner. It doesn't have to be that way. That's obviously the, the route we went yeah, down. It's probably the best though, because if you, unless you're a highly skilled individual in, in terms of being an entrepreneur or, or being a business owner, um, and you go from like, maybe you're working in a job to straight into running a business, you probably don't have the skills. Yeah. Unless you're, like you probably don't because you've never been in that position and yeah. the skills have to be learned through mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're probably safer um, dipping your toe and learning the skills as you go and then you know going on to develop a business yeah absolutely um, maybe that's why yeah definitely like the success and failure of a business is definitely down to the skill set and mindset of the owners without a shadow of a doubt mm. uh, how Fionn, would you recommend how would somebody transition uh, from being a sole trader say a PT to, to a business owner say a PT um, I would say, obviously, so you want to be a good practitioner if you're a PT. So you need to know, you know, the, the, uh, the skills of your trade, so to speak. But then you, there's other pillars to the business. Like you need to, you need to understand sales and marketing, right? Yeah. That, like not enough people. I think actually, like if you're good at sales, your business can't fail. Because if you're selling your product or your service consistently, you, you know, you can't fail because you can't run out of money. So definitely like there's a, a pillar there, sales and marketing. Definitely need to improve on it. Like I talk to business owners all the time, and like they don't understand the way of the world now with social media, websites. Like it's just basic stuff that we we think it's basic, but there's a lot of businesses maybe that they don't have the time to think about because they're too busy doing the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say definitely learn all the different elements. So there's, there's sales and marketing. There's business systems we call them. So basically, um, having. Uh, sole traders typically have a way of doing things and they know how to do it but the trick is to be able to teach that to somebody else so that it frees up your time um, yeah what yeah. did you actually ask me um, I can't remember now actually um, I have it written here how, so how, to yeah. oh, how to transfer transition yeah and sole trader so I, can I cut across you there one second you, you talked um, you talked there about um, sales and marketing um, just on that I, I know a lot of personal trainers a lot of even gym owners a lot of coaches they don't like sales. Um, why, why don't they like sales? And why, why is sales so important? Sales definitely gets a bad rap. I love sales. I love sales too. Um, I think sales gets a bad rap because when people think of sales, they think of like a dodgy sales caraman who's selling used cars that's, you know, they're telling you it's one thing and it's actually not the product that they sold you. Yeah. I think that's what people think of with sales. But really, 
it's again, I think it's your mindset around what you're doing. So the way I see sales now is, I know we have a good product and a good service that we can help people with. So all I do is, uh, somebody, I talk to somebody who has a need, so maybe they're overweight, they're lack mobility, they pain in their knees, they want, you know, they want, uh, they have a problem, and I have the solution. So all a sale is, is getting somebody to see that you have the solution and getting them to purchase it off you. That's what a sale is. So I actually see sales as help, like helping people. Like So every time I sell a membership or sell a product or sell a service that we offer in here, I just see it as helping the person who's in front of me. So it's just the way you see sales. Yeah, and I think just just on that, take the mic back. <laughs> but um, Me too, Mike. See people that, um, you know, if you are a gym owner or a personal trainer or in any business really, um, I think if you're incredibly passionate about what you do and you're confident and you in believe your, in your products. yeah, and you're confident in your service and your abilities, you should want to sell to every Tom, Dick, and Harry if you believe you can help them. You know, I love when somebody comes in here and and they tell me that uh, you know they want to lose weight or get strong or whatever it is because I know I can help them. Mm. Um, you know, so I think you know if you're incredibly passionate about what you're doing and you genuinely believe it, you know, you should you should love selling. I mean, yeah. you're providing a solution to somebody and you know you're you're, you're helping them. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think like transitioning from a sole trader or even getting a better business as a sole trader into building a bigger business, there's loads of skills that need to be learned along the way. The other big point that I don't think people uh, recognize enough is finding maybe a business partner that has skills that maybe you don't have or is better in certain areas. So I, I spoke to a guy who's a friend of mine, he's a mechanic, right? And he, is it working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, He's kind of stuck in a mindset where he can't transfer out of doing the work into building a bigger business because he's maybe afraid to give away a portion of his business or but like to me I would rather one percent of a massive company than a hundred percent of nothing. So I definitely think you know networking, building relationships, building friendships, and partnering with somebody who's got maybe a similar vision or a goal and that maybe fills the the, you know the lack of skills that maybe you have, and then and vice versa. I think that's a very good point too. That, that's that's um, a brilliant point, uh, there, Fionn. Thanks, Gavin. You know what? <laughs> on that, um, I think even from when we give the guys, is that coming up? No, it's good. Fire away. Will we give the guys maybe a bit of perspective uh, from our perspective? Yeah. I mean, no doubt, uh, business and every good business book would recommend this. Uh, but business is no doubt; uh, it, it's a team game. Hundred percent. It's, it's a team sport. And definitely finding people, uh, you know, that can, you know, that are a lot stronger in areas than you are. You can't be strong um, in every area. You know, it's, it's you much know, there's none of us perfect, for sure. So, like, even in here with our team, we've only we've got seven in total. Mm. But like, we're we're starting to learn things about some of our employees that we didn't know that they're strong in certain yeah. areas. And you know, they we're not strong in those areas, and it's brilliant yeah. to have them as part of our team. So it's yeah. Definitely. Oh no, super, super, and even from ourselves. As well, you know, I mean, we, we often laugh about the differences myself and Fionn have in personality. Uh, Fionn is very detail-oriented. He looks at every single detail before he does anything. And he tends to take his time, maybe taking decisions, which is a good thing. And I'd probably be the polar opposite, whereby i try and <laughs> do things maybe yeah, make a little sure, bit. Little make bit sure things get done. Yeah, I make sure things get done. Fionn makes sure the things that we do get done, get done properly. Yeah, it's uh, so it's, it's a good... It's definitely a good balance. Yeah, and I think that's probably a big thing is, you know, partnering up with somebody that fills those. You know, so if you're 
like a really good practitioner, uh, let's say you're a PT, right, mm. or a strength conditioning coach, because this is a lot of people we talk to, and you love what you do, you're really good at being a strength conditioning coach, you're really good with your clients, but maybe you are the world's worst at sales marketing, mm. or the world, like you don't know how to negotiate a lease, or you don't know how to get finance to fit out a gym, or all of the above. I would say like, definitely look at partnering up with somebody who has those skills. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I actually know there's a, a gym in Kilkenny, we won't mention it, but one guy is the face of it, and he's got the name of it. Yeah. Um, and his business partner then is kind of behind the scenes, but he, he's a very good businessman. So it works. Yeah. So there's loads of... Yeah, there's loads, loads of different ways. Um, I know kind of going from the sole trader um, position to a business owner, from our perspective, I think what we've done, because I think some of the guys that could, might be able to relate to this, um, Fionn was obviously a physical therapist, and I was a personal trainer, and from both of our professions, uh, we built up maybe a large network of people that we knew. Um, so then when we did open a business, when we did open a gym, we already had um, you know, a customer or a client or a member, if you like, a member base, um, which made the launching of business an awful lot easier. We didn't just you know, rent out a building, advertise and hope for the best. We already had which, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah, we already had a network of people built up, which came from starting off as a sole trader, building up a business, you know, building up a, a base, and then utilizing that base. Then when we opened up uh, in a bigger facility, mm -hmm. um, so and is there? I suppose we don't really have experience in uh, in this department. But transitioning from an employee to um, a business owner, that that would be a tough one. Yeah, like. Yeah, that, that's so that's so context dependent. Yeah, um, like a lot of people see that as risky, you know, leaving your job to go and, and build a mm. dream of building your own business. So, but to be honest, the only thing that's risky is you. Like, if if you have the skills and the desire to do something, I would say, you know, go and yeah. do it. I think you can build risky. those skills. Yeah, you can build those skills, but yeah. definitely, um, like, if there's nothing wrong with working in a, a job if you're quite happy there. But I know loads of people who are miserable in their jobs. Mm. And they have an idea, but they won't do it. Um, you know, definitely, you need to spend time learning the skills, reading books, going to events, being around people who are doing what you want to do, and then dip your toe part time. Yeah, it's, it's it sometimes goes back too to to what you value. You know, um, a lot of people value secure or perceived, we'd say, perceived security. In the short run, um, you know, it's nice having um, having a job. And not if, if you're people, some people are very happy in the job and they love their job and they, they love what they're doing, which is great. Um, but sometimes people don't like their job and they like the perceived security of a job because in the short run, they know they're getting a paycheck next Friday, mm -hmm. which is it's you know which is secure. It's not a good way to live your life. Yeah, no, because um, you know you, you might be secure that Friday, but who knows two years time. Um, the company that you're working for may or may not be doing well, and if it's not doing too well, all of a sudden, you know, it could let some of its staff go. Now that's scary, and insecurity is gone. Mm. So, what I personally like about business is, you know, I've got, you know, I, I can control a lot of that. I can develop my own skills, uh, develop, you know, the, the business. And to me, anyways, I, I perceive that as more secure. Uh, than a job. Uh, I'm not saying I'm right on that. I think it's, it's, the, way I, it's, it's the way I perceive it. It's definitely down to this because you've you know, spent time to develop your skills and you continue to do so by going to seminars, reading books, you know, being around like-minded people. But I think that's probably the downfall of most business owners is they actually don't, they, like from year to year, their skills don't improve as a business person. 
you know, they, they don't have a mentor or they don't hire a mentor or they don't read or they don't study. Like this is a, like, it's like anything. You, you have to study, you have to learn, you have to continue to grow. I really see this actually in the fitness industry, you know. Um, it's no doubt it's really important that we're reading, you know, our strength conditioning related uh, research journals or books or, you know, getting content uh, to develop ourselves as coaches um, and, you know, develop ourselves as having knowledge in, you know, whatever, whatever we're doing, uh, be it strength and conditioning, um, whatever it is. Um, but I think a lot of fitness uh, and gym owners, uh, they forget to actually, they forget that they're actually running a business and, you know, they don't read anything on sales, don't read anything on developing the business. And I think that is really, really important. I think if you don't do that over the long term, um, you know, it, it could be a difficult journey. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. Happy enough? Happy enough, yeah. Um, so just, we're going to wrap it up. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. We're going to continue to run our podcast in two sections. So an S&C section and then a business related section. There seems mm -hmm. to be a lot of interest in it. Um, so as always, let us know any topics you would like discussed. You know, you can drop us a, an email, send us a message or a comment. Uh, and you can find this podcast on YouTube as well as iTunes and SoundCloud and most podcast platforms. Anything else you want to add, Gav? No. Boom. Well done. Thanks, man, for listening, Thanks, guys. guys. Uh, chat to you soon.